Okay, the book of Joshua. And we're going to turn to chapter number 24 of the book of Joshua. I'm not going to have you to stand and we're not going to read together because I'm going to do what I like to do and that's preach verse by verse. And so I sometimes I get you to stand and then I catch myself saying too much with that verse and I look up and you're still standing. Now, that don't bother me in a sense because I stand the whole time. Amen. And it shouldn't bother you to get to stand because back yonder in the Word of God, they stood while the man read the Word of God. Amen. Amen. They stood for hours. And so I know, and uh, they can't, nobody in here have more problems standing than uh, maybe some do, but uh, can't have as much problem as I have standing. It's hard for me to stand. Amen. If I didn't have a pulpit to hold to, Amen. I go to Walmart, expect not to buy nothing, and I wear, I carry a buggy with me. Push that's that's a safety. I don't have a walker yet, so I use a buggy. Amen. It, it don't look as bad. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Pray. I ain't that feeble, but anyhow. I want you to have a little pity sakes for me. Joshua chapter 14. Good to see you. Good to be in the house of God. Hey, huh? What did I say? Uh, yep. I had this thing on part of it. And it said 14. It's 24. I had the two halfway closed off. Alright, Joshua chapter 24. And let's look at this together this morning. I pray God might touch us. This is, I guess, the last, we call it the will and testament of Joshua. Joshua's fixing to leave the scene. He's in his right mind. Amen. I hope I get to die in my right mind. Amen. I pray God just smother me to death and take me to glory. Or put me to bed and kiss me on the cheek and and uh, walk off and leave me and stand without stretched arms and glory catching me. Yeah. Amen. You don't always get what you want. But I'm glad, thank God, that one day I'm leaving this old world. And I got a better place to go. So Joshua gets them together. I started just to read uh, some things here last few weeks I've been preaching just a week or two I preached on the woman's role I believe or the the uh, way that God has made the rule of the woman I preached that you remember that and I'm going to come back and preach on the rule and role the biblical role of the wife I'm going to preach on the biblical role of of the mother, and I'm going to preach on the biblical role of children. Now, these things need to be preached. And I'm going to preach on the thought this morning on the biblical role of the man. Since this is Father's Day, ladies, you won't mind me preaching to the men, but I'll guarantee you I'll get you somewhere in here. I intend to. I don't know what God's going to have me to say, but I intend for you to take a sack load home with you too. Amen. And I'll try to preach to you youngins a little bit too. Amen. I believe the Word of God's for all of us. And then I'm going to preach on the biblical role of the husband. You ladies don't want to miss that day. I'm going to preach on the biblical role of the father or the daddy. All that needs to be preached. And the reason I'm breaking it up is because you can't preach it in one sermon. And I'm not going to just go straight through with it because I'm going to get you to an off-guard moment. (laughs) Amen. He's going to preach on the women. They ain't going. He's going to preach on the men. They ain't going. In our you think not, it'll be your turn. Amen. 
And I want to look at this this morning, basically on the biblical role of the man. I believe we need to start there. I've started behind that, but when I think about God, we got God, we got angels. They're created beings of God. And there's several different kinds of those. We may preach on that. I've preached on it before, but we may do it again. We've got uh, men in the Bible, good men, bad men. We've got rules and regulations, the Word of God, how we're to live. Somebody said, I just don't like to hear all that. That's why our, our nation's in the mess that it's in. But I want to look at something here in chapter 24. And I pray it'll be a blessing to you because there's one thing I believe today that we're short on, and that's short on men. Real, godly men. We got a lot of people that are of the masculine species. So-called. Some of them can't figure out which they are. But I'm trying to tell you today that we have a real shortage on real godly men. If we could just get Washington to see that and they put their money in trying to get the gospel out and and worrying about those things than they are the things that they're messed up with our nation be different. I do believe that God's order for the home is for the man and the woman. I don't believe God ever wanted men to lead the home by himself. And I don't believe God ever wanted a woman to lead the home by herself. God brought male and female together and said, Let not God put asunder, or let not man, excuse me, put asunder. And God wanted that to be that way. God wants a man and a woman who are in harmony with God and according to the Word of God to find their place in life and then follow suit. I've even asked God why He wants me to deal with this so much. Then I got to thinking and the Lord reminded me that I've had 54 and a half years of marriage to the same woman and we raised three children. And I don't believe I qualify to 100%, but I believe I've got a few things that I can say that can help. Saying to what Troy said a while ago, talk about a daughter, Brother David. I've had two sons and a daughter. It's harder to raise a girl than it is a boy. Amen. You can figure out a boy. You know about what's on his mind. But a girl, you can't figure out. Every day it's drama. It's Tuesday, drama. It's Wednesday, it's drama. It's cloudy, drama. I ain't lying. I'm telling the truth. Brother, I feel for you. (laughs) Amen. But God's grace is sufficient. Amen. Amen. My daughter, she's still sometimes a drummer. Amen. Amen. I won't tell her you've done that. I'm telling you this morning. God wants men and women as husbands and wives to fall in play. Now when I'm talking to you this morning, each one has the right thing and we've got to get our priorities right. Look at Joshua chapter 24 verse 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel. How many tribes were they? Twelve. To Shechem. And call for the elders of Israel. Who's the elders? Those who have been in it for a long time. The elders. 
ones that's supposed to be the smartest. Sometimes the oldest ain't the smartest. Amen. But we look at this and we see this morning, in looking at this, we see uh, the Word of God spoken to us and given to us. And He says, and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. He didn't necessarily present themselves before Joshua, but before God, because it was a meeting for God. I'm trying to get the setting of the message. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacar, and they served other gods. You remember Abraham is the start of the Jewish nation. Keep always, keep that in mind. There was no Jewish nation till Abraham. And before Abraham, these followed false gods. Before the flood, they followed false gods. Then it said in verse 3, And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. I want to throw this in. Some of you already know this, but some of you might not. God told Abraham to look that way, look that way, look that way, and then look that way. He said, all you see, Abraham, this will be you and your seeds forever. God made a covenant with Abraham that all that land was going to be his. Now, at that time, was seeking a city whose builder and maker is God, according to Hebrews chapter 11. And he died without getting the land. The Israelites were scattered across the land. But God has promised that those Jews will come back and they are coming back. And Israel is the land that's produced by that today. And that's where Abraham was when God made the promise. So the fulfillment of the scriptures coming to pass. And so God is dealing with them and he's saying to you, this is going to be you and your seeds forever. Now in verse number 4, verse 3 told us that God gave... Abraham, Isaac, that's his son. In verse 5, it said, I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt. The Israelites got in Egypt, according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out. Now the Lord's laying a framework to the Israelites to tell them where they've been through the voice and the man of Joshua. Joshua was a good man. The Bible said Joshua wholly followed the Lord. How'd Joshua get in there? God, amen, had a man by the name of Moses. And Moses was up on the mountain. And God let Moses look over in the land of Canaan to see where the Israelites were going. But he said, you can't go, Moses, because you smote the rock twice. Instead of speaking to the rock, you smote it. And because you smote that rock, you cannot go into the land of Canaan. And God buried him on that mountain. So we'll find that God has let him see it. And so he told him he wasn't going to let him go over there. And he said, I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt. And according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And you came under the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen under the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season, actually forty years. And so we find that they were there. But God said, I brought you through the Red Sea. 
He made a wall of water on one side and a wall of water on the other. Some folks think that they just splatter around in a little old uh, swamp-like. But the Bible said there's a wall of water. And they went over on dry land. They didn't squeeze mud out between their toes. It was dust. And they watched and the water come back down on Pharaoh and his army and they drowned in the sea. Somebody said, I have a problem understanding that and accepting that. I have more problem up them a drowning in six inches of water. Amen. How can, if it was just six inches of water and they went over, how in the world did all the chariot wheels and the chariots fall and all the, Israel, all the Egyptians died and drowned it in six inches of water. That's a bigger miracle to me than believing that this is too great a miracle. Amen. God just flicked his hand and it was done. Or spoke. The Bible said in verse 8, And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelled on the other side of Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, as always a Balak comes around, when everything's going good, the devil shows up. That's right. If it don't do it that way in your life, I'd mark her down, you're not saved. That's right. If you're saved by the grace of God, I want you to know there'll be a devil on your case. He's, your ad- he's the one, he's not the but he's your adversary. He's always after you. Then Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam the son of Beor to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. Joshua's telling, he's fixing to leave the scene. He's fixing to make an exit stage left and go into glory. His journey is through. His job is done. He's one of the ones that came out of, the, of Egypt. He's the one of the ones that has been faithful to God all his life. There's two of them, Caleb and Joshua. They wholly followed the Lord. All the rest of them went against God, and God had to bury them in the wilderness, raise him up a new crowd. Now look, and you went over Jordan, verse 11, Unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, or Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and all the otherites. It didn't say that, but they're, they're out there. And I delivered them into your hand. Everywhere they went, they had ites. Amen. They must have been in, like us, we got mosquitoes, but they had them ites. Here we are. And I sent the hornet. Amen. Can you imagine a hornet sometimes as a tool of God? Amen. It makes me move. We had a hornet in here this morning. I hope one don't show up. But uh, it may be a reason to pause the sermon. Amen. When everybody's a... You ever heard somebody horny? Kind of like a kamikaze plane. All them ites. And I set the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but now with thy sword, or not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. I took care of it. God's trying to show them something through Joshua. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not, do you eat. You know, I'll let you have what you got, and it didn't cost you nothing. Now, God's trying to tell us about His grace this morning. We are what we are by the grace of God. I don't earn, and I didn't earn. And I don't deserve, and you don't deserve what I have today. God's goodness is great, and I praise His name and give Him glory and honor. Praise God. I want to pack up a little. When I get to glory, I don't want to have to stand over in the corner and practice. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Some of y'all going to have a problem. I'm practicing right now. Amen. Amen. You go down to the funeral home and there, there's more noise going on at the funeral home than there are in most churches. Amen. Everybody at the funeral home ain't hearing too much about the person laying in the casket over there. They're talking about uh, when we went to the third grade and the ninth grade and we are going to high school and what we used to do, what we're doing today, what we're going to do tomorrow. Amen. Right? Yeah. Come to church and we drum down and shut up. And some of you right now look like zombies. <laughs> we could take you over to the Walmart and dress you up in a suit of clothes. They'd think you was one of them, what's that, mannequin? Hear me. But I'm getting ready to go to glory. You said, why are you so loud? I want everybody to know. Amen. I know I'm like what I got. Some of y'all, you ain't so sure you got what you need. You just got enough of this to make you miserable. Amen. But it's charging my battery. It's, amen, when it's all electric, brother, it's going to charge it real good. It cranks my boat. You will? Were you with me? All right, now let's go. He said, verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him. Fear the Lord and serve Him. We are just stay right there. Fear the Lord and serve Him. Some folks don't fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know why uh, some of these jack legs do everything they do and all the turbo? Listen, these people walk into schools and shoot people, walk down to Walmart and shoot people, go to McDonald's and shoot people, and uh, do all this stuff that they do in the wicked world today. It's because they don't fear God. Amen. I fear God. Amen. You said you're scared of him. There's a difference between scare and fear. That's right. right. That's right. Along with fear, there's some reverence. That's right. I not only fear God, but I reverence God. Amen. Amen. And, why, and the reason people can take God's name in vain and cuss is because they don't fear God and they don't reverence God. Amen. I'll prove that to you. Any man in this building loves his wife and he, he is a cusser and he ought to get right with God and get saved and quit that stuff. But I want to tell you, if he wants to cuss his wife all the time, he's saying to her, I don't love you, I don't care for you, and I don't even respect you. Amen. Same with God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. These things are going to get tough and I get to talk about these men. <laughs> Ladies, I'm telling you right now, it's about time we skint or hide. I figured he's even, you know, some of you ladies didn't want to say amen right there, but you, you're on the inside, your hands is going in your heart. I'm not scared to preach it. I don't want you to be scared to hear it. But I'm going to preach it because I believe we need it. I'm just giving the, the framework and the groundwork for where we need to be. Amen. If we had some men in Washington this morning that loved God with all their heart and loved the Bible with all their soul and prayed like they ought to pray and walked like they ought to walk, brother, you'd notice a difference tomorrow in America. Can you just see the president fell off his bicycle yesterday getting up in the morning and said, we're going to put Bible reading and prayer back in the schoolhouse. We're going to pray and seek God. And we're going to seek the Lord with all our heart. Amen. I've been praying for him. Amen. Read, open that Bible to, to Psalm 109. You know what it is? In verse 8. When you find it, Troy, I want you to stand up. Read that. Here's what I pray for my president every day. Let his days be few and let another take his off. Amen. Amen. 
Praise God. Huh? 109 and verse 8. Pray for him when get up every morning. But if he got right with God, that would happen. I believe every Democrat and every Republican ought to get right with God and change America. But I don't think they'll change till we change. Men, it's in our lap. Hallelujah. Well, where'd I get to before I run a rabbit? Let's go back to verse number 14 again. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him. And He tells us how? In sincerity. I know a lot of people that says they're serving Him, but it's not sincere. Some people serve Him depending on how much money they can get out of it. How much backpatting they can get out of it. How much prestige and how much popularity. And it said, and in truth, you serve Him with sincerity and truth. And put away the gods from your fathers, uh, which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Amen. Amen. When you get to doing that, it won't make no difference whether you're driving a Ford, a Chevrolet, a Dodge, or a Toyota, or any other thing. It won't matter whether you're wearing Nike shoes or brogans. Walmart specials. It won't matter whether you got 50 cents in your pocket or $10. That's right. Amen. And then he goes on down in verse number 15, and Joshua lowers the boom on them, he throws it in front of them. And he puts it on them. And here's the thing. And then I'm going to preach the message. Because I pretty well got the introduction out of the way. Verse 15. And he said. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. In other words. If you're not for that. And it seems like an evil thing. Do you think there's people in the world that thinks it's an evil thing to serve the Lord? Amen. It is. That's what they say. Because that's why they call us old Christians. I mean we're nuts. We're off the wall. Amen. We're off the deep end. That's why they don't like us. That's why we're nothings and nobodies in their sight. Amen. That's why the president uh, sometimes can say they love their guns, their God, amen, and, and their Bible. What's wrong with that? Amen. So I'm seeing, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, then he got a comma there and said, choose you this day whom you will serve. If you don't want to serve God, choose today who you want to serve. God is not making you serve Him. He wants you to. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. In other words, the ones that's over yonder on the other side of Jordan are the ones right here that you're walking among today. Do you want to serve them over there? Are these over here? Or do you want to do like me and my family? He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Now that wasn't what his wife said. I don't know what she said. She's probably in accordance with him. I hope she was. She probably was in agreement with him. But Joshua said, as for me and my house, and I'm going to preach on that just a little bit here, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that brings me to the first number part today that the man is to be the leader of the home. I believe I preached on that a little bit Sunday night when I was talking about the women's role in the church. 
Now, it, ladies, y'all got a role in the church. Men, you got a role in the church. Men, you got a role in the world. Men, you got a role in the home. And you got a role with God. And you step out of any part. Any man that steps out of where God has placed him to be is going to get in trouble. Any woman that will step out of where God has placed her to be will be in trouble. And everything will go distraught and upset and it will go crooked and worldly. God wants a man and a woman to rule the home. And I'll give you all the other stuff as I get to it. But the first thing every man needs to make sure he's got is the Lord Jesus Christ. He needs to be converted. I I preached this a couple of Sunday nights ago. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. These things will be added unto you. I believe today every man needs to seek the Lord first. Amen. I read in the Word of God where the disciples asked the Lord, said, Lord, you know everybody wants to keep Ten Commandments. I hear that all the time, even in this modern day. Somebody said, Preacher, you believe all the Ten Commandments? I sure do. Amen. I believe every one of them. I believe it's all of God. I believe some of them has been changed. Amen. When I say changed, the Lord has turned. Don't look at me like I'm going to get out of the book here. Somebody say, come on. I'm going to find something wrong with you in a minute, and that's going to be it. Some of y'all been here for a long time, been trying to find something wrong with you. And there are some. I could, I could help you with some of that, but I ain't. I mean that today. You don't have a perfect preacher. I don't have a perfect congregation either. I sin. Well, let me just ask you something. How many have sinned in this building? Okay. I just waited long enough to see if there's anybody not going. How many sinned more than one time? Now, you don't have to go back and play. How many sin more than three times? How many sin more than four times? Now, I can just keep on going with that. Old Peter comes back and he says, Lord, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody? Seven times? You know, after, I, after somebody has done something to me seven times, I feel like I'm in good shape then to not forgive them anymore. I mean, that's the thought Peter had. They just keep saying, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, and I know good and well they're not going, you know, I can't forgive them, preacher. And the Lord said, he said, seven times? And the Lord said, 70 times seven. And Peter swallowed real big and said, hmm. 481, 482, 483. They keep doing this, and I'm going to be all right. And I'm unleashed on them. But God's trying to say, you've got to continue forgiving people. You've got to have a forgiving spirit. Well, I read in the Bible, and I used to preach this. I read in the Bible, if God don't even forgive unless we confess it. Amen. <laughs> and I like to have that and say, well, ain't nobody, they didn't want to confess that to me, so I don't have to forgive them. You're reading the Scriptures wrong. We're, have a, we're to have a forgiving attitude and a forgiving spirit. Amen. How many of you think today that there are sins, uh, and I realize this, and I know what you're doing as a Christian, 
If I sin against God today, He's going to take it out of... He's not going to take my name out of the book of life. Because one thing, He gave me eternal life. Eternal is exactly what it is. Eternal life. But if I sin against God willingly, knowing that I've sinned against God, God's going to going to take that in whatever He wants to take it in in my life, either here or on the other side. I'll pay for it. That's But I want you to know we have to forgive one another and continually to forgive one another. And the Lord has forgiven me and I'm thankful for it now because I've confessed everything I know. Now, is there a possibility this morning that you hadn't confessed everything? Is there a good possibility that you may not even know you went wrong? And... Huh? What does God do with them? He works with you. Amen. And you may go to glory and hadn't even asked Him yet because you didn't know you'd done it. Somebody said, I believe God will let us see that. Well, okay. I've had some real strange things happen in my life and it took years before I found out that some of it was wrong. That's right. So I'm wondering if there ain't a possibility there's still something wrong I don't know about yet. That's why one thing that bothers me standing before the judgment seat of Christ, I don't know what's going to pop up. But I'm trying my best to get everything under the blood today and confess before Him. So that's why I pray every morning, every day, all day, Lord, show me what I've done wrong and I can confess that. So we're looking at this and I'm on another subject again, Lord have mercy. I've run rabbits all morning. And I don't like to do that. Like stay on my subject. But I'm trying to tell you that God put the man in charge. And God wants us to stay in line. And so guess what? Which one of those commandments is the best? If I could just pick out one of them, Lord, which one would I pick out? And the Lord said, first and great commandment is this. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, body. Amen. And then he made one a little tougher on that. Second is like unto this. Love thy neighbor as thyself. I don't know where y'all live. And I got, I reckon, some pretty fair neighbors. One reason I don't know is because I really hasn't, I haven't, I've just dealt with them on the surface. I hadn't went down and broke bread with them. And sometimes they do things I don't particularly care about, and I think, well, I just let that go. I have had some dudes, though, boy, I'll tell you right now. And boy, them dudes were duds. Some of my, and, and so I'm looking, and when the Lord says to love your neighbors yourself, brother, I'll tell you, that's kind of putting it tight. I love me pretty good. Amen. And for me to love some of the ones I've had down through the years is tough. That was a tough go for me. But that's what God tells us. The Bible teaches us that a man, and especially a man, Ought to lift his eyes under the hills. Women ought to do that too. Lift his eyes under the hills from which cometh his help. His help cometh from the Lord. Amen. I read in the Word of God that the Lord said that holy men or, or men ought to always lift holy hands. That's the way it is. To the Lord. Pray. Lifting holy hands. I believe God's expecting the man to be the, the head of the home and the head of the house and the head of his work and the head of everything on the earth according to God. Amen. And the wife is to be the help meet. We'll talk about that later. We're not there today. I believe man, the, that Joshua was a man of convictions. I believe he knew what was right and what was wrong. He wholly followed the Lord. You can't follow the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your might without not knowing what He wants. Amen. 
I believe therefore the man ought to read more Bible, do more praying. I believe he ought to lead his family in where to go to church and what to believe and what to do and what not to do. I believe God holds every man responsible for the religious order of the home. Mama says, uh, I want to go down yonder where they uh, do this. And he says, well, we're going to go here because you're where God said. And men ought to be at the place. It ain't always that way. But men always, always be at the place where they know what God wants for their life. Amen. We got a, we're living in, in a day right now that most women and most men and most children don't even know what God wants for them. That's right. Mama don't know what's the best for her spiritually. Daddy don't know what's the best for them spiritually. And certainly the children won't know what's best for them spiritually. I've watched in our modern day, and this is serious business. What I'm preaching is very serious, and you're not taking it serious sometimes. But you go to a church, and the preacher preaches, and mama either likes or don't like the preacher. And whether mama likes it or don't like it will determine whether you'll go back. You may like the preacher, or your children may not like the preacher. And either the children or the mama one will determine what you do. But as for you, and that's why Joshua stood up and said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. A man's responsibility is to make sure his family is where they can be fed with the Spirit of God, fed with the Word of God, can learn the truths of the Word of God, Hey, some preachers been preaching for 50 years and they can't get out of, the, out, of, out of two chapters of the book. And you don't know much about the Bible. Yeah. Your kids need to know something from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. Now I sent three kids to school back yonder. I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't put them in, in uh, public school if I could help it now the way things are. Not with this junk that they're teaching. Amen. Critical theory stuff. I don't like that. You hear me? And, uh, but I sent them to school. I paid good money to send them to school. And it always bothered me when they didn't learn. So I'm graduating didn't learn, but I give them a stab at it. They can get out of the rain. I know some. To, I was. I went and get a little sausage biscuit the other morning. I walk in there and here's a little old feller. I thought, well, he ain't, he ain't been weaned long. That boy ain't. Little old girl over there. I thought she must be not over 12, 14 years old. Working there. Another little old feller. He's a kind of a little smart aleck. He'd run around in there and he's work. I, I done got him trained. He knows what to do. <laughs> but he walks over there to me and he says, Got us some new help this morning. I said, Yeah, I see it. I'm getting tired of training y'all. <laughs> I said, About the time y'all learn how to how my biscuit's supposed to be fixed, I got somebody else who got to train. So I looked at the little girl and said, Can I eat? And I said, Yeah, this is complicated. Listen very carefully. And I told her what I want. It ain't really complicated. It's just they got that new system and they can't figure out how to. And so she looks at. I guess I shook her up because she got nervous. Maybe I shouldn't have done it that way. But and I didn't mean. And so that boy comes around and said, "Got us some new help." And I said, "What happens to all your help?" She's. He said, "They just don't work." I said, "Why?" He said, they just, you can't get no more. I thought, you ain't been here but a week. <laughs> and I didn't say nothing to him. And I said, he said, just can't get nobody to work. And I said, if you can't get no help, just shut her down. What I told him. He looked at me like crazy. And I thought, okay. And I said, why can't you get nobody to work? He said, I don't know. They just don't want to work. 
You know where you go? That's exactly right. That's right. That's right. Now, I, I trained my boys to work. I made them work. They'd get to fighting and I'd say, All right, boys. I want them rocks right over there moved. Y'all remember that? They'd move one rock to where you want to move them. Right there beside them. I want them stacked up right there. Amen. What it done, it worked the raw edge off of them. You do that. Amen. A little hard to do girls that way, I guess, but amen. Them boys, I never they always get fussy. You didn't make you didn't make our our sister do any of that. No. I didn't teach her to haul rocks. Amen. Trained her a different way. I didn't teach them to wash dishes and clothes either. Can Troy do any of that much? You know why? I didn't teach it to him. That ain't his job. Amen. You hear me? Amen. We're living there today. But men are to make the rules of the home. And that's how they... And I believe men ought to be godly, spirit-filled, led by the Spirit of God, directed by the Word of God, not be a lord over God's heritage. I don't believe preachers ought to be that. Sometimes I get accused of being a dictator. I sometimes get accused of everything else under the sun. And you can't make people... Well, now, I used to when I started off preaching. I thought you were supposed to get you a whip and whip everybody. And you're going to do this. But I found out in my later years, I can't make nobody do nothing. You said, I ain't going to live like that. You know what I tell you? Good. Go ahead and live the way you want to. See how that works out for you. Amen. I get mad and go down to another church. Go ahead. See how that works out for you. Amen. Then when you're trying to bury your dead and you call me up, I'm going to say, uh-uh. Amen. I refuse to preach funerals to some. You said, you wouldn't do that, would you? Sure would. Had a woman sitting on the back row. She loved to dance. I'd get up and preach and I'd say a dancing foot and a praying knee don't grow on the same leg. She's a woman. She come out the door. She said, "I don't like that. I like to dance." I said, "I know it," but I said it ain't right. I said, "When you're down there on the dance floor, hugged up to somebody else's husband, I know good and well you're not talking about the Sunday school lesson." I know you're not down there glorifying God and God's nowhere near it. So you know it's sinful. Leave it alone. If you want to dance, go home. Pull the curtains together. Run everybody out of the house. Nobody there but you and your husband and dance till you fall over. Amen. Mm-mm. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying... Get your priorities right. I'm here to tell you the truth. I can't make... You said, I don't believe that. Don't lie. That's all right. I'm not going to get mad at you or upset at you because you don't believe what I preach. God didn't tell me to come down here and please you. Right. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what He told one preacher. And I don't believe God's respect to persons. If he told this preacher here, he's dead and gone now. Pretty good old preacher. Jeremiah chapter 1. The Lord said to him, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Do you think that's true of everybody in this building? Amen. Before you was ever conceived, God knew you was going to be conceived. 
And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. Or sanctified. Do you think God can sanctify you before you're born? Amen. He did John the Baptist. He got filled with the Spirit before he was born. And I ordained thee a prophet under the wilderness. Or under the nation, excuse me. And we'll see it. He said, I ordained you. Do you believe you can be ordained before you're born? Jeremiah was. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a what? Child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Did you get that? And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Amen. Somebody said, I got my orders from the headquarters. I wrote Nashville, and they gave me a book of outlines. I wouldn't tell that in the public. You said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just being dictating of God. Right, That's not in my notes. I done quit them a long time ago. God give me this to give you. And here I am. He said in verse 8, Be not afraid of their faces. He said, I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Amen. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. Notice what? I sent you out here to do these things. Number one, to root out. Number two, to pull down. Number three, and to destroy. And number four, to throw down. God said, I sent you down there with a demolition crew. My Bible, my word. And you're going to take that word and you're going to tear their lives all apart. What do they do when they're going to build a building over where another building's at? They demolish the first one, don't they? Get the foundation ready and the build. Then it says, these are what you're going to do after that. After you get it all tore down, then you build and the plant. And that's what the man of God's job is to do today. That's why I'm trying to get your attention. I've only scratched the surface of where I'm going to be with this today, or not today, but later. God wants the man to take his role. Amen. God wants the man to take his place, and God wants the man to stand up and be counted. Amen. Amen. I can see so many different repercussions if I keep preaching this, so I'll just quit. But I pray this morning God will help us. I think you understand a little bit of where we're going with this. And we need it. Our nation needs it. I can't have the privilege to get to put it out over the airways. People can hear it around the world. And I thank God for it. I pray the Lord might have His will in His way. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Coming to the instruments. Amen. Just preach you a little bit long-winded. No, you're just a little short sermon. Amen.